Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I have my Central Intelligence Agency mug right there, the CIA mug. That's also a good little acronym to remember when you're preaching the Bible, CIA, uh, context, interpretation, or, or rather context, illustration, application. That's a good way to preach the Bible. Make sure you're preaching the Bible, context, make sure you're letting the, the light come in, illustrations, and then make sure you're applying it to your audience, application. So CIA, good way to remember how to do a lesson or preach a message. We are in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, going to finish the chapter today, and we're talking about the Word of God. So last episode, we spoke a bit about the importance of the Word of God as our sure foundation, uh, even more important than our personal experience. And Peter had a great personal experience along with uh, James and John. They saw Jesus transfigured before them. They heard the voice of God from heaven. They saw Moses and Elijah as the representatives of the law and the prophets. I mean, you can't, I mean, you talk about a mountaintop experience. Uh, You and I have never had an experience like that. And yet, even having heard audibly the voice of God, seeing the, the transfigured, glorified body of Jesus, seeing Moses and Elijah, and all of it, that, Peter said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, that the scriptures themselves are the authority upon which we can lean all of our faith and trust, the scripture. And we have the scripture today. That's why we make much of the Bible. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away, uh, the Bible tells us. So here in verse 20, we continue this, this little section about the Word of God where Peter says, knowing this first, so of primary consideration is this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. What does that mean? No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. What that means is you don't have the right to choose what the Bible means. So there is one valid interpretation for any given passage of Scripture. So when we talk about, in Peter's case, the Old Testament prophecies, even in Peter's day, there were people that wanted to make the Bible mean what they wanted it to mean uh, about Jesus, about Messiah, about whatever. And we just don't have that prerogative. The Bible says what it says, and there might be times we don't understand it. There might be times when we don't get it right, but that doesn't change the fact that there is one valid interpretation. So sometimes people would say, well, you know, you you interpret it your way, I interpret it my way, and that might be true, but that implies one of two things, either one of three things, really. So if my interpretation of the Bible is different than yours, that either you're right and I'm wrong, or... I'm right and you're wrong, or we're both wrong. But we can't both be right because God is not schizophrenic. He's not saying two things. That's why it's important that we 
dig and, and pray and study. Why? Because we want to get to the heart of what the Bible means. In the same book, in the last chapter, we'll get there eventually, Peter says, you know, some of the things that Paul wrote about when he wrote Scripture are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, they wrestle with, as they do also the, the other Scriptures. So it's important that we apply good, solid biblical hermeneutics to the Bible. What is God telling us? What, what, what is the truth of this? How does this align with the rest of Scripture? Uh, does the literal sense make sense? Then seek no other sense. And there are some good rules. Uh, what, what is the grammar telling us? Uh, what, what is the historical, literal interpretation? So there are ways by which to look at the Bible. But here, Peter says, just understand that you don't have the right privately, personally, just to make the Bible some, somehow mystically say what you want it to say. And you and I have both heard messages where somebody will get up and say, now, I'm going to show you something in the Bible that you've never seen before. And that always is a red flag to me. Because if no one has ever seen it before, it's not true. It's not true. Truth has great antiquity. And we have to be careful to, to preach the Bible for what it says, not for what we want it to say. You know, uh, for instance, I've heard messages about you know, David's five smooth stones, and we needed to take the stone of purity and the stone of, of righteousness and the stone of courage and the stone of, well, that might be true. Uh, it's certainly true that we should be pure and courageous and, and righteous and all those things, but that's not what that Bible passage teaches. And when we use Bible passages to say things that they don't say, then we might be preaching a good truth that you can find elsewhere in the Bible, but we're actually doing damage to the Scripture as a whole because we are taking things out of context and we might win that battle to get people to live righteously and, and to understand the need for purity and courage, but we're losing the war because we're undermining the very authority of God's Word. So no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. And then the Bible says in verse number 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. So what does that mean? That means the Word of God is not the product of imagination. The Word of God is not the product of somebody's eloquent poetry ability. No, the Word of God is given by God. This is not a reflection of what man wants us to know. Oh, this is what David really wanted us to know. Or this is what the history writer of, of 2 Kings really wanted us to, to hone in on. Uh, this is what Moses really was trying to teach us in Numbers. No, God certainly used human authors, but the prophecy of Scripture came by not by the will of man, but by God. These are God's words. That's why Paul's careful to point out in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. This came from the Lord. There's only three times in the Bible where it talks about the breath of God. Uh, the Bible says that God breathed upon man that he had formed, and he became a living soul. So the breath of God gave human life. Uh, there in John, uh, the end of the book of John, where Jesus met with his disciples, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. So there's spiritual life 
There's human life. And then here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is breathed out from God. So the very word of God has life. Why? Because it's a living word of God, breathed out from God. What God wants us to know, his very essence inscripturated for us. So we don't have the right to, we, we didn't write it. We don't have the right to interpret it privately according to our own desires or purposes. And then watch the end of verse number 21. So the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So where does the word of God come? It comes from his spirit. And the Spirit of God worked in the lives of men, like a wind would fill a sail and drive a ship in whatever direction that wind is going. So the Holy Spirit of God moved men, moved these holy men of old, the writers of Scripture, to give us the very words of God. So what a great way to end this section where Peter is emphasizing the importance of God's word. Why? Because it's God's word that serves as the foundation of our faith. And it's to our faith that we add virtue and knowledge and and all those other things that we talked about. These things, these things, these things. Uh, Peter's been dead now for 2,000 years, humanly speaking, dead. But we're still studying the message that God gave him as a holy man of God, the word of God to help us to live the lives that God wants us to live so that we don't live lives of stumbling, but we live lives of victory. So I hope chapter one has been a blessing to you. Looking forward to jumping into a difficult chapter, chapter number two, but so needed. And I want you to stay with us uh, each and every episode. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.